Hello and welcome back to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on the life and the pub trade by those working in it. We're now into our fourth season, which is remarkable on a number of levels. Yeah. On the morning advertisers, Ed Bennington, and back with me are my two delightful sidekicks, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. Now, of course, the fact we're now into a fourth series, I should say my co-hosts need no introduction, but where would the fun be in that? So, Heath Ball is an award-winning pub operator, but as with all pub operators, times are tough, and he's been forced to diversify his operations to increase revenue. Sadly, his decision to seek work as a Greg Wallace impersonator has yet to result in So sick of that. It's I get Does, I get called Greg Wallace Gokwan. I get called what was I got called the other day? I said it looked like Greg Wallace and Gokwan. Mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 ina- it's uncannily accurate. Really, I think you're a bit shorter than Gokwan. Can we not it listen? I've had this whole short it's thing a bit all chunkier weekend. as well. <laughs> it's called muscle. And a different race. It's called muscle. I mean that's the other thing. But um, Greg Wallace is spawn, but I think he you know he he blotted his copybook with that, that false documentary about human flesh and I think um, yeah. What you need to you need to baby find another another route okay. no more Greg Wallace thanks mate <laughs> uh, Nikki Thatcher is the MA's news editor and recently made the decision to ruin her life by getting a dog apparently it's been a heart's dream to own a dog and despite her husband's total opposition managed to wear him down with a three year war of attrition till he finally caved in yeah the final irony of this cautionary tale is that the dog prefers her husband. Yeah, that's also really true. <laughs> I actually I sent him a TikTok earlier, and it was this woman who's got almost the same dog as us, and it says behind every dog like mum is the dog that prefer that, that prefers the dad, and I'm like, yep, yeah, that's absolutely me. Yeah, I do my, everything. My, my female I mean, dog will follow me around the house. It's so and then, annoying. Yeah, and if I fall asleep on the sofa, she'll come and just snuggle up next Aww. to me. And, you know what I mean? It's annoying though because yeah, I, I do like it, I do everything. Wife hates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got nothing to do with the podcast, but it just made me chuckle. So oh, I'm pleased. Yeah. I mean, there could have been a lot worse things you could have said, I, I so I was a bit worried. What have you been up to, Nikki? We've only just started oh, the podcast sorry. again, so I've got to, I've got to build up to these oh, okay, uh, fine. things. So, uh, You'll you, forget you, by then. You can tell me later. And I'll, I'll write them down. <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome. Uh, isn't it great to be back? Mm. Yeah. I mean, he looks delighted. Oh, I'm hungover. Uh, He's a normal face. <laughs> I, drunk, I drunk so much mescal last night. Oh, I was going to say, we're all refreshed after a summer off, and... Uh, Heath, you have been on at least six holidays, and you're raring to go. Yeah, right? I'm off to I'm Paris yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I meant raring to oh. go on the podcast, not oh. on another holiday. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> another holiday. <laughs> I was like, you're away quite a bit lately. I mean, oh, to be oh fair, we, we, we're looking at dates to record the podcast moving forward, and it's basically, yeah, no, I can't do that, I'm away. Yeah, no, not that one, I'm away. Yeah, no, I'm away. I mean, you have got about five trips in October. I have. Yeah. yeah. I think I worked out that for between September and October, you're actually around, like, in this country for about 12 days. I'm trying to do this thing, you know, this, um, what's, what's Rishi Sunak's wife got? That, that um, non-tax exile. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm living out of the country. Uh, non-dom uh, status. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Non-dom. There we go. Um, that could go wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, we've got a great podcast lined up for our six listeners today. We're going to be taking a deep dive into customer behaviour and asking whether people have got worse since COVID. Uh, are your customers total yes, yes, or not? Heath does have some views on that, which uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing throughout the I uh, think I just attract them. The podcast. You do see, yeah, you, you, you are a bit of a shit magnet. Has to yeah, be they so. all just, they want to, I think they just look at me and go, fuck Greg Balls. We all I heard him. <laughs> uh, but we're not just going to have an hour of Heath whining. Um, well, we are, but I mean, we'll try and stop him, limit him down a little I'm drinking, bit. I'm drinking beer. Excellent, good, good. Uh, we've got some amazing guests lined up. 
top operators Karen Errington of the Rat Inn and the legendary Stozy Maddie of the Parker's Arm be sharing their experiences. We've got expert opinion with behavioural insight expert Anna Angel from the Shift Consultancy. And we'll be discussing how to diffuse situations with conflict training specialist Eamon Dennis from, appropriately enough, the conflict training company. And we'll also be hearing the customer side of things from top critic Giles Corrin. Is it just the customers or is it the people running pubs that have got worse? Not looking at I you, Heath. I don't know why I'm looking at Heath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably is, really. I think we've got to find that the root cause is quite often as a common denominator. And generally speaking, in all your interactions with different customers, you are the common denominator. It's, it's a zero tolerance. <laughs> Maybe you've got a face that winds people up. Maybe that's what it is. I know it winds my wife up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before all that, let's catch up on some of the things that have been going on. And Heath, just a very quick question. Is your outdoor marquee cover garden covered? It's ridiculous. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm going to get to the point. I think this is the problem. I get asked that question all the fucking time. I'm going to get to the point and I'm just going to go, you can't come. I'm sorry. (laughs) You've failed the first test. Who doesn't know what a marquee is? Are you going, it's generally, it's, it's like a big tent. Yeah, but, but it does it cover, cover the whole of the garden? Yeah. It's a fucking tent, do you? go camping, you don't have a fucking roofless tent, do you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like, and then just the questions. It's just like, oh, you, no, you can't come. I don't want you here. Great. I mean, that's a good start, isn't it? With, uh, I was looking with, forward if, to if the answer If that's the customer that. experience, yeah. Uh, right, so what's been going on? Um, big story in the last few weeks. I mean, we've, we've been off air over the summer, but uh, dynamic pricing. Um, the, uh, the the blew up. Uh, I felt quite sorry for Stonegate. To <laughs> well, he should have got a hit of that, shouldn't he? Uh, it didn't go particularly well. Um, people but, just uh, this thing. People want to be angry about stuff, and they're pissed off about price rises. And mm. we we get you know we're we're supposed to be a good time place. We're not supposed to be one penalising you for having fun. I mean, you, you, the question you put you would push back on that. And go well, look, you know, we're we're only increasing prices for a small amount of time, and the rest of the time they're. They're not increasing, or do we just blanket increase across the board? What's what's yeah, what they should they should be cheaper during quiet times and just more expensive during the other times. I think that, that was the drawback that they weren't saying they were going to be cheaper. Yeah, they, we're going to be, we're gonna be expensive, Monday, and they're more expensive. Monday night we've got one member of staff on. It's going to take ages to get served. You have fifty pence off your pint. <laughs> have you uh, have you done any dynamic pricing? Nah, you just put your prices up. This you can't like just that's just a car crash. It's not good PR either, is it? Um, talking about good PR spoons uh, selling more pubs yeah what's going on there they're selling more pubs I was going to say yeah they're putting some pubs on on the market yeah interesting are you uh, in the market for some pubs here what spoons pubs god you see there's a guy who's got that account that goes around tracking spoons carpets (laughs) like it's just I don't want a spoons pub (laughs) massive good quality carpets yeah big Uh, places yeah I don't know like the industry's a bit it's quite funny isn't it for old Tim who's a big massive Brexiteer and it's all just sort of bit of struggling ass, a little it? bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's uh, what's the German word for it? Schadenfreude, is it? So, uh, I love the way you're just looking at me blankly there. <laughs> it's, um, just sort of like, like perfect. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, continue with the misery. Yep. Pub closures. Yeah. Was it two, two a day? day? Two a day. It's, it's like, tough. It's tough out there. Mm. See a lot of operators. Even you got Kira Jonah, you got Gary Usher. Everyone's having a moment. Mm. And, like, unfortunately, nothing's going to get done about it. You know? I think we're all screwed. Why? Don't, don't. Because they, because they work. Like it's the they, first they, episode. I know, I'm just seeing how long they, it takes. The government genuinely do not care. We've got trade bodies who, like, it, it just... For those who are playing podcast bingo, <laughs> house. 
Yeah, but it's just like we've got, you know, VAT, like, you know, the, drop VAT for independence to 10%. Mm. We'll drop VAT on food to 10%. Give us all that, you know what I mean? It's just like, and if they bring the rates back in next year, fucking what, like, you know, I suppose the government looks at it, well, the less places we won't be moaning about having staff. But there is that. There's that, but I don't know, man. I think they, they honestly, as I've said a billion times before, they don't give a fuck about us. Um, moving on, uh, what are your favourite uh, sporting events currently on Heath? The, uh, oh, the Rugby, rugby World, World Cup. Cup. Oh, bore me a river. <laughs> You're a big rugby fan. <laughs> no. Grew up in New Zealand. Like, come on. <laughs> you, think, you think that the, the All Blacks were golden gods back home. Everybody, oh, the All Blacks, the All Blacks. Oh, piss off. Got beaten by France. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you're, you're going to be glued to that then, obviously. Yeah. Showing it in the pump? Yeah. No. Mm. Any not playing in any, no. no. Not playing anywhere. No. no. You know what I mean? Um, not for you? No. Sport's not really what we do. True. You know? I think there will be plenty of pubs showing it, though, and at least the timing is... Uh, oh, well, the, the, the dynamic good. pricing yeah. kicking in. Where the dynamic, England's yeah, playing yeah, yeah, 50p yeah. more a pint. Yeah. France is playing 10p. <laughs> we pay you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and the summer, summer, summer weather. It was you know, a washout, wasn't it? It's great. But summer you had this um, nice covered, covered yes, the area, marquee, <laughs> covered, um, which must come into its own in the. Uh, yeah, look, it's the, great when you go. Like but it's raining. Summer. It's covered. <laughs> but, but will I get wet? No, it has a roof on it. Fuck. Does, does that mean it's covered? Yeah, man. Seriously. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Almost more like a quiz before they can book a table. Well, yeah. so can you? Can did, you so did you suffer from the? the shit weather because although the front may be covered you're back back yeah we sort of lost look you know I mean I think Chernobyl was roughly the same Um, the lock up was down like 30% in summer when it was really hot Mm. when it wasn't hot it was great the red yeah I think we're like light for likes are okay but the the amount of people through the door and I think it's probably just inflationary pricing Mm. the amount of people through the door was less because we couldn't we couldn't service the back garden Mm. so have you thought about a marquee for the back garden? <laughs> a covered area. This could kill. <laughs> is your back garden covered? Maybe that's why they ask. You know, the front is, the back isn't. It's a bit confusing. I try and make it super clear. They just don't understand. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you what, on that note, let's park that there and uh, get on with discussing uh, customer behaviour. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking about customer behavior. Have people really got worse since COVID? To help us with that, we've got two great, if not legendary, operators, Karen Errington of the Rat Inn and Stosie Maddie of the Parker's Arms. Guys, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's certainly me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a simple question. Um, have people got worse, do we think? I mean, Karen, what's, what's your experience? Um, yes. <laughs> the behaviour is, you know, post-COVID, everyone was happy with everything. Mm. And I think the bar was quite high. You know, when we came back um, after being shut down, people were so desperate to be back out. They were happy. Yeah. I'm not saying they were happy whatever you did and that the things weren't right because they were. But, for example, pe- after we came back, we decided to serve food all day just to try and spread people out a bit. Mm. And people would ring asking for eight o'clock on a Saturday night. And I would say, I'm sorry, I've only got 4.30. And they would go, oh, that's great, we'll come anyway. <laughs> like, can you imagine that happening in normal circumstances? It just doesn't happen now. People are back to their old ways. But I do think that 
people's experiences are coloured by what's happened just before they arrive, i.e., for example, if they can't find a parking space, then right. that affects their um, enjoyment. Um, so I think all these things that are going on in the background, like the cost of living crisis and everything, does colour people's behaviour. So you... But people, well, we've had some terrible behaviours lately. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to some examples of that because I think that's that's the fun bit that we want to hear. But uh, so what you're saying is, if you trip over the cat on the way out, you're more likely yeah. to be rude to your uh, to your waiter or or bar staff in the, uh, in yeah. the pub. Yeah. Or you've had a row in the car. This is true. Yeah. You scratch yeah. the car in the car park. I don't know why I'm looking at Heath. Into my car in the car park a few a few weeks ago, and I didn't even say anything, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Stosie, what, what, what are your thoughts in terms of people's behaviour? Well, as you know, I'm in the kitchen, based in mm. the kitchen mainly, so I've been speaking with Cathy and AJ extensively about this because in the kitchen we also get a lot of feedback during service as to how things are going and FOH comes in kind of having a little slurry moment and then walk out with this lovely smile again to face this kind of like show time. But yeah, it seems like um, people were very forgiving after the pandemic. Um, and they were, as Karen said, so thankful for being able to go out and socialise again. Um, but sometimes they were tripping over themselves to sort of kind of play ball, help us out. And they felt kind of um, thankful and grateful that we were operating. Uh, I think that has definitely, that has definitely gone out the window, that whole um, um, attitude. We're very fortunate in that we don't really have shocking bad behaviour or, or sort of outright rudeness. But what there is, is that latent... Um, demanding customer mm. that expects far more um, or a lot more than what they're actually paying for so mm. we are sort of like Karen said we are the scapegoat for every single thing that they actually want to happen um, and if it doesn't we get the brunt of it basically and do you think it's worse compared to pre-COVID? Obviously, we talked about when people came out after lockdown and that, but looking kind of 2019, do you think people are worse now than they were then or pretty similar or better? Well, do you know, I, I, I actually think people are worse in a way. I mean, okay, so here's a simple example for me. In something as simple as a voucher. We issue vouchers to people who buy them. After lockdown, we honour the vouchers up to two years afterwards. You know what I mean? When the actual voucher would not have been worth much then. Uh, and then we sort of drew the line and said, right, now, because of the cost of living, we will, all vouchers have to be redeemed within date and it's strictly non transferable or extended with people who demand and say and, and will send emails and say we're coming to eat tomorrow and we've got a voucher and it expired in 2020 <laughs> we can't use it and I say no and we just get sort of strings of emails that are quite abusive well you know quite nasty if you will and I don't think people would have done that in 2019 because I, did, I just think they would have had to use the voucher, but because everybody sort of fell over themselves trying to accommodate people who could not use the vouchers or make their bookings because of mm. pandemic, they just thought this is a continuous thing mm. that they could keep, you know, mm -hmm. benefiting from. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with that, but I think on the same token, people shove them in drawers and forget about them. So yeah. <laughs> I've kept like note of all the vouchers that we get back, and we get nowhere near the amount of vouchers back that we actually sell. So. It, it is quite good in that respect. I did have someone a few weeks ago who told me they'd lost the voucher and could they, could they still use it? And I thought, well, if you've got a John Lewis voucher, you're not going to ring John Lewis up and say, God, I've lost my voucher. Will you honour it? It was 100 quid. No it's worth, worth a shot. <laughs> Um, I mean, Heath, what, 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 you're very quiet here, which is highly, not like you in the slightest. And this is probably one of your favourite topics. Yeah, so, I uh, just think people have got really horrible. Mm. They're nasty. Mm. They don't get their way, they kick off and they threaten reviews. And they, I just don't. Yes. Yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? Well, they know they can damage your business. Yeah. You know, if, you don't, if you don't do what they want, they're going to hurt you. Do you think that's, yeah. that's an awareness um, post COVID that people have cottoned on a bit more to the. Uh, the stock that's put in reviews, maybe by operators uh, and other consumers. Do you think? Yeah, I think I think a lot of uh, I think it doesn't help our cause. You got operators out there genuinely touting for reviews. Like a pub down the road from me, when you have the yeah, meal, okay. they give you the thing going. Oh, yeah, can you review us? Can you review us? And it makes it really important. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I just don't. But customers know they can use it. They can weaponize it, and it's not nice. Yeah. But do you think though? I mean, we've talked about that bounce back, that post COVID bounce back. Everyone was happy because mm. we were just delighted to be yeah. released. It has his behaviour now, behaviour that we have now, is it worse than it's worse. 2019? It's it, worse. Is. it is, it's worse. Right. Because I think everyone's still got PTSD from COVID, not dealing with it, and dealing with the whole situation. They're angry because they lost their three years of their life, or whatever, two years of their life, and it's all about them. This is why we'll never have effective change on anything on this planet, because everyone's so selfish, and they just want, it's my birthday tonight. Yeah, it's when they ring up and go, oh, just to let you know it's my birthday. What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> you, you're calling me half an hour before you're booking. Yeah. I mean, the comments, the customer comments oh. at the bottom of the of the bookings forms is ridiculous. Yeah. We're celebrating our whatever anniversary, so could we have a nice table? Oh. It's like, no, we're going to give you a really shitty table. Yeah. <laughs> just really, really, really strange demands. You're just booking a table for dinner. Why are you... Making us your dancing like sort of stars or whatever. I don't know. It's just so strange mm-hmm. what people expect. I book a restaurant table. I'm going for a meal. I want a good meal. I want a good bottle of wine. I want to have a good chat with who I'm with. I don't want to give you my life history. Mm-hmm. I had one that was this big before about coming with Sadie the dog. He's a <laughs> dachshund. He likes this. He likes like what? They sent me photo of the dog when they were booking. This is the dog that we're bringing. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I getting a picture of it? But they all want to be special. I was, was going to say, they you want. have had actually people try and sit their dogs at the table. Oh, yeah, they? and then so. kick off because we don't do something else. And it's, I, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to buy, I've been trying to find it, like a, like a massive balloon ornament type thing that's ridiculous that says happy birthday on it that's just so ugly and grotesque that when they say it's my birthday I just put it on the table and go there we go <laughs> they never tell you again yeah we've made it really special for you for this shit hey, thing it is like Guinness that funny. you're drinking are is you it? drinking Guinness uh, oh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny uh, that I'm drinking <laughs> Guinness oh, no. what would you like <laughs> other drinks are available other drinks are available yes um, other drinks are not as suitable <laughs> <laughs> So uh, give us, give us. The dog thing though is a bit worrying because people do almost have the dogs on the table. Yeah. Mm. 
and a few weeks ago, some, the dog nearly swiped the steak off the plate when it was going out. And I thought, well, who's going to replace that? Yeah. Mm. You know, are you going to expect me to do it? Or are you going to pay for the steak? <laughs> I, I think we can I tell mean, you three, the answer three to that. Meals. Yeah. Three major things. You have people who come with dogs and they say, I'm coming with three big dogs and there's two of them booked and they take up so much room and wait, mm. wait on staff, can't move yeah. and they want this table. They don't want that table, which is bigger, so the dogs can go under. And it says, well-behaved dogs welcome. Dogs should be kept and leaning. You've got the dogs wandering around. It's like, you have to, t it's, it's a bit like with kids, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's either kids or dogs. They're either letting the children run around, throwing food everywhere or the same. I mean, and it's, you just have to take responsibility for mm -hmm. what animal or child mm -hmm. yeah. or they don't care though taken out. <laughs> let, let, don't let's, care. let's have some examples now. what's the worst behaviour you've witnessed uh, okay. Karen you want to uh... well we had an awful incident two Sundays ago we had a table of six and when the book they booked outside because that was all we had available and they were told on the booking they were told when they rang that they had to sit outside and if the weather changed, there wouldn't be the opportunity to come in because all the other tables were booked. So we've got some quite big umbrellas outside which they could have sat under. But as it happened, we looked at the forecast. We knew it was going to rain at about 2 o'clock and sure enough it did. They were sitting out at the start and then it was like biblical rain. <laughs> you know, that torrential rain and even yeah. the public transport around here was closed down. So we did our best. We waited till a table vacated and we did eventually manage to get them inside. But going back to what I was saying, what happens beforehand colours our experience. When they did come in, obviously they'd had a wait because they had an outside table. Um, they got the food ordered, they got the food quite quickly. And then a few minutes later, one of them came up to me and she had a veg dish that was served the Sunday lunch veg in and she'd cut all the fat off the edge of the sirloin, put it in the veg dish and came up to me like Oliver Twist. Look at this, it's inedible. And I looked at it and I thought, well, it's the fat. Some people eat it, some people don't. And I just tried to explain to her that it was sirloin and it was really tasty and that's why the fat, because of the fat on mm. it. And she wasn't giving in, and I, then eventually I just said, would you like something else instead? And she said, no, we just want to leave. So at that point I went over to the table, and honestly there was not a scrap of food left on any of the plates. <laughs> and I just looked at it, and I said, oh, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy any of it. She like, looked at me, and maybe it wasn't sincere, but it all blew up on TripAdvisor, mm. as expected. <laughs> But they just didn't tell the truth about it. And then yeah. they went to the toilet and we don't have baby change in the toilet. For, like, it's only a tiny lady's loo. There's no space to put it in. We've never had one. We've been here since 2007. Not that that validates the reason why we haven't got one. We just haven't got one. So they went back to their table and sat down in the middle of the floor and changed the baby in the middle of the restaurant. Oh, wow. Oh, my and God. And I'm not just talking. Nice. We here was the full works. And <laughs> there was <laughs> someone on another table came and told me and just the people around, you know, when the witness bad behaviour almost... Um, trying to compensate for people, yeah, the way other yeah. people behave. embarrassment, yeah. Mm. And this woman said to me, you know, that beef was lovely. She said, even seeing the baby getting changed on the floor didn't put me off with it. Was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Brilliant. It was, it was dead nice, you know, but yeah. like stuff like that, it's just it's like difficult. a sense of entitlement. Yeah. You know, why? 
Would you want to spoil other people's experiences just because you've had to wait because you booked an outside table yeah. when clearly it was going to rain? That's uh, Dozy. Have you, have you really got any? Well, I know that the worst situation we've had since um, after pandemic is when a a chap uh, booked a table to bring, obviously, his, his partner, his wife, I don't quite remember, and he put a message um, in the booking comments, and it was something like, I'm bringing my partner or the other half for her birthday so I shall be expecting top-notch service and a oh very God. nice table and, and and there was a bit of a threat somewhere as well and we thought if there's one way to certify you've got everybody on guard is by actually putting something like that on the bookings comments so we were kind of expecting him to be difficult anyway but Another thing that seems to make things worse is people arrive at least an hour, an hour and a half before they're booking. Oh wow! And and this exactly this is this is the sticks. This is this is a big thing. So I mean, we have a big pub. We have lots of seating, but we have controlled um, sessions throughout the day because obviously we can't take all capacity because we would never be able to serve people. So we ask people to please not arrive more than ten minutes before their booking time. And that, yes, of course, they can sit at the bar and have a drink or do all of that as long as they don't expect us to be able to service their table more than 10 minutes before the booking time Mm -hmm. because we just cannot do it. We write this to them. Anyway, they rocked up. It was on a summer's day. It was boiling hot. The garden was heaving. Everything was booked up inside. And they were there a good hour before their booking. And they were demanding service. And the bar was was like a queue... Mm. Oh, we've, we've lost Dozy. I can't hear. No? Just as it got to the good. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I'm here, I'm here. Oh, 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 I'm here, I'm here. It's a cliffhanger, so you yes. Anyway, to, to cut a long story short, they demanded fast service. We couldn't offer it, and they were very rude. When Kathy, Kathy got there one minute before his booking was due and said, I'm here... I'm going to be taking your order in a minute. Are you ready to order? And he said, and the woman with him said, I should bloody hope so too. You will stand here right now and take my order. At which point, Kathy, who I've known for nigh on 30 years and worked with her that long, just turned around and said, I have never done this in any of my businesses, but I'm asking you to please leave the pub. The girls were terrified of him, so we actually asked him to leave, and she said, and I'll tell you what, your drinks are on me. And they did leave very quietly through the fire exit. They went on TripAdvisor and left a story enough for three novellas of absolute bollocks, none of which happened. I mean, just ridiculous, ridiculous. And this is exactly the same. That was the worst thing we've had to deal with. And it, it, it was obvious it was going to happen because he was obviously expecting... God knows what, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, expectations were, were you know. over the over the yeah, yeah over the bar anyway. Over, uh, yeah. you know. So I, and they I, come, I, they arrive one and a half hours early, and you'd think, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah. who goes? Do you not think that's people? Asking for times they can't have, and then they just turning up the and getting yeah. Yeah. They just turn up. Oh yeah! Oh absolutely! They just turn oh, absolutely. Up when they want to come, they just, you can't have it. Regardless of the booking, yeah. Yeah. they just come at the or, time they want. Or they, they book for anyway. six o'clock. The, 
restaurant opens at six o'clock, but they show up at four o'clock, and they mm. wonder why your doors are not open, the kitchen's not fired, yeah. there's no restaurant, and they're banging <laughs> on the windows, and you go and say, "What's going? What's going on? We want to come in, but the pub's not open." <laughs> anyway, I'll stop ranting. Well, guys, I mean, I, I'm, I'm conscious we're way over time, and we barely scratched the surface of this, but, right. but I do appreciate it. one one final question. Do you will think you might be in the wrong job though? <laughs> I've been looking oh, at. Do you know? I don't think. No. Yeah, I've been thinking of retraining either a hitman uh, or an assassin. Yeah. You're not very quiet, though. I think I'm less tolerant than I was. Yeah. Because I think you've got to draw the line with people. Like you said there, Stacey, yeah. you've got to draw the line yeah. of what you'll accept and what mm. you won't. But all you get to our age. <laughs> Is the thought that someone's got TripAdvisor wielding over your head, and yeah. that's what oh, happens. You know that one I talked about. This left for multiple reviews, four reviews, mm. which I think is really unfair. I go after them, and TripAdvisor <laughs> allows it. I hunt them down. Well, I used to, but I just thought, oh god, I'm just going to leave it this time. I was do you just reply? Put it on Heath? Do you oh, reply to them? Oh, don't, don't get them started. <laughs> don't get yeah, them started. I do. Yeah, it's the thing. I go after them. So much I find out where they work as well a lot of the times. <laughs> yeah. That's a new one on me. I might have to. I might have to start training in I espionage. Have have yeah, I got a mate who does. I've got a mate who does um like investigative work for people. So I just ask him. Can you find out where this person works? Oh, I need to have a look. I need to see their life a bit better. I mean, I'm, I there's probably all kinds of GDPR breaches <laughs> that you just uh, confessed to there. He, and I think on that note, we'll uh, we'll park it there. But guys, thank you very much for that. This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. We're taking a look at consumer behaviour today and how it's changed since COVID. We've heard from some operators on their experience of the sharp end, but now we've got a proper expert on to talk about how they're seeing things. I'd like to welcome Anna Angel from the Shift Consultancy to give us some, uh, some of your thoughts here. So thanks for joining us, Anna. Pleasure. Good so to be here. Let, let's start. I mean, maybe give us a brief explanation as to, to what Shift is and, and what you do. Yeah, so we are a um, mainly qualitative sort of uh, research uh, agency and also a consumer psychology consultancy. So um, digging into the whys of consumer behaviour and um, specifically what um, is often going on at the unconscious level, as we know, that is the big uh, driver of behaviour, mm. but not something that consumers themselves can access it being unconscious in itself so sort of use different tools to that allow us to access what's going on at, at that unconscious level fantastic i mean Heath, you must be really interested in the unconscious level of your customers <laughs> yes. uh, there, there probably is a, a joke in there for him uh right um i mean what do you see what would you say uh, are the are the sort of things that you're seeing at the moment coming out i think of it's uh i guess the big thing with COVID was the big change in context without stating the obvious and we know context has an enormous impact on behaviour all types of human behaviour and I think one thing that's maintained in terms of that change of context is the working from home Um, and that I think is having a big impact in terms of what is easy for people when it comes to eating out and you know going to pubs and bars and things Uh, again we know ease is a significant um, influence of behaviour we were sort of hardwired to follow the path of least resistance very often and help preserve our 
cognitive um, effort and also time. So um, looking at something like that, you know, when everyone was, um, seems so long ago now, but when we were all in the office nine till five every day, um, those after work drinks, sort of a lot easier just to pop into the pub on the way home. Now you're working from home, sort of finish up for the day. It's a more effortful behaviour getting out. So I think that's sort of something that's maintained along with that. um, Also what's salient to us. So, you know, when we're out and about more, walking past that pub on the way home or a restaurant, we're sort of seeing them pop up more often. Whereas I think we are seeing people being at home more often when it comes to working and that's sort of where they're spending their time after work as well. You're more in your kind of local area as opposed to the city um, as much as people were. Um, so I think that's um, having it a big impact. Um, is the, and, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, well, so it's, we can get into it, but also kind of the some of the lasting shifts um, in terms of takeaway, food delivery, meal kits, all those kind of things. But yeah, sure, we'll come into that it, as well. Is, um, I mean, is, I guess, I suppose it's that, that, that working from home and people being maybe a little more isolated as well. Is that, do you think that's had their impacts on um, behavioural sort of shifts that we're maybe less, I don't know, socialised or, or, or something like that? Would that be a... Yeah, no, potentially. I think it could go, I mean, dependent on, on the individual, but it, it could go, as some people, you know, kind of that period of lockdown, actually afterwards, it's like, being locked down for so long, get me out, you know, that kind of loss aversion as well of, oh, this could happen, make, might happen again, let's make the most of it whilst we haven't got restrictions. So mm. could see that, but also absolutely on the flip side, people, that period of being inside um, and at home more often, actually realising, do you know what, don't enjoy going out as much as I thought I did. I really enjoy the making my own meal. I enjoy getting the takeaway. I've been using these services more often. I'm more comfortable with using them. And um, yeah, that that definitely a shift there, sort of exposing to different ways of socialising as well at do, home. Do, I mean, Heath, is, is that would you do you think that that's that's having an impact that you know there's that people have you know they've learned this kind of home environment is, is great and they can do X, Y, and Z. So when they're coming out, their expectations are then that much higher. You're, you're never going to fulfil it. Yeah, but also I think they just haven't been interacting probably as much as they normally used to do, so they forget how to behave. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I, just think, I suppose if the... Yeah, I suppose, I, the only problem is people's expectations now are unreasonable a lot of the times because they want to go out and they want it to be good because everything's expensive and money's tight and... And they just want it to be good. So I think they, their expectations sometimes, as we've heard before, they're like they're just unreasonable. Mm. It's not, not achievable. And then since you don't deliver that, they get angry. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Anna, is that something that you guys are, are, have seen or any traits like that of, of people's sort of expectations? Has it changed or shifted? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I can, yeah, I think definitely with the... Um, um, you know the cost of living the expense that it that restaurants um now are uh i think also people are used to pay this much now i'm paying this framing it against that as well mm. expectations are going to be higher the, the sort of pain of parting with that money is going to be higher so mm. um yeah not surprised if if restaurants are seeing and um, that shift i think also just because people are having to be more careful with money as well potentially some more anxiety around 
become of spending it as well so kind of there's more anxiety around the the experience they want I guess or pain if the experience doesn't live up to that as well it's um could play a role a role in that as well are you finding that Heath are you getting that that because uh, obviously I mean this this has been a, as far as you're concerned people be behaving like shits for a while yeah <laughs> is do you think that's going to get worse with with as prices rise, I, I think right now we're in a bit of a honeymoon on people being shit because I think you know the sun's been shining, they've been on holiday, it's all that. I think the cold light of day when it's it's dark at four in the afternoon, it's freezing cold. I think they're just going to be more miserable. I think we're, you know, I don't think people are going to get any happier anytime sooner. And you're going to tell them that the price of their state's now eighty quid as opposed well, to. That's the problem. If things just keeps on, even though the government say inflation's fall, you know, falling a bit the other day, it's not. Like mm. food inflation and hospitality is rampant. Like we can't. You know, I don't know any operator who's going, oh, that's all right, we can handle this. Everyone's just getting a hammering, mm. do you know? Mm. So you've got to pass it on, but they don't, you know, the customers don't want it on. They just want it, they want things the way they were. I mean, Anna, I don't know whether you're tracking this, but I mean, you, have you got any kind of qualitative data or anything around sort of how people are behaving? Are you seeing any changes in, in customer attitudes or anything like that? It's not something I've looked at directly, um, so I can, you know, from the sort of source. I think an attitudinal, it's always um, something we are very mindful of how unreliable attitudinal data can be. You know, mm. people sort of say they're going to do one thing, so often they behave in such a different way. Um, and, yeah, I mean, anyone that sort of says, this year I'm going to really crack down and go to the gym and eat healthy. You know, we see it, we, we all know we've been there. Um, so um, in terms of that, uh, not something it seems, but I think just looking at sort of the stats on on where um, the kind of revenue that the restaurants are taking and things. But, but again, hard to unpick it with the... Um, changes in inflation and um, you know I've seen some stuff where sort of sales have gone down but revenue is sort of not correlating quite with that because of the margins and things like that so yeah. and, I mean is there any advice you'd, you'd give to operators in terms of sort of handling that, that the, the, the sort of things that are going on what, what can operators do I think um, maintaining saliency in consumers minds is an important one you know as we spoke about a bit um, earlier the kind of transition to people now being at home a lot more with work and it it, uh, sort of becomes more effortful to get them out of of the house and remind them that you still exist Um, see social media and digital platforms um, continue to grow and um, we've seen that the the impact that the likes of TikTok can have on sort of what people consume what they make at home but also where they go um, in terms of restaurants and things so I think continuing to to leverage um, those types of platforms um, and then also within within the restaurant as well thinking about um, the experience within the restaurant and what it's adding you see a lot with kind of misattribution um, in terms of how the, the mind works we take all the different parts that are going on with an experience um, to kind of how we feel about in that moment so the setting the how staff are to us the food it all sort of plays a role rather than it being just one sole thing so um thinking about that um and um yeah so the technologies know um they've continued the shift as well in um restaurants tapping into the um home delivery services and things during COVID as well. I think the the restaurants that were able to do that um, kind of weathered the storm a bit better as well, so we were able to get income, um, and I think it makes sense to 
continue um, providing that service. Now they've sort of invested in in setting up all those um, services as well to, to continue to provide that. And um, all those that are staying at home more and facilitate that behaviour as well. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, Anna, we are out of time though, but thank you very much for that. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're talking about customer behaviour. Uh, we've been discussing how people are becoming increasingly more demanding and that can lead to challenges for your team. So with conflict on the rise, you're going to need to know how to handle it. So I'm delighted to welcome Eamon Dennis, a director with the Conflict Training Company. Eamon, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be here. Okay, tell us a bit about what you do. What 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 is, I mean, obviously the name is... Sounds fairly simplistic, but uh, or self-explanatory. But tell tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, since since two thousand and seven, uh, we exclusively train in conflict. So all the clients we have, we have a lot of um, uh, clients in in the hospitality trade, and they all um, have to deal with with challenging customers. So our, our specialist in, in specialism in in the last seventeen years has been looking at how we deal with people who are disgruntled, angry, aggressive, or potentially violent, or are, or are violent. So that's that's what we, we spend our time training and advising organizations to do. Fantastic. I mean, that's all your customer traits in one, isn't it? Hey? Basically, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Eamon, I mean, you said you've been, you, you've been specializing and focusing on this on 17 years. Is that, would you say that's because we're seeing a rise in this kind of issue? Is it, are we seeing more behavior like that? Well, it's it's certainly always always been there, but um, I, I think uh, since COVID, things have changed a little bit. Um, in that, people are uh, going out a little bit less. So you you have some of the major supermarkets giving giving us um, research to say that people are their eating habits have changed. They're eating eating in more, mm. um, and then you got the cost of living crisis. People a little bit less to spend. So so what we're seeing is that people are going out a little bit less so when they do go out it's a big night out it's a it's a, a main meal they're having um, uh, and if you invest time and money and effort into into something into going out for a, a big night out and something goes wrong not all of us but some of us can mm. can lead to a to a, a, an angry reaction so we we see it in theaters uh or you probably heard yourself a lot of we got a lot of work in theaters which we we got a little bit before people just going out losing the run of themselves but we feel it's because they're making a big it's a big night out so they're investing a lot of time and effort into it and that's everything needs to go go that's increasing that pressure then isn't it i guess i mean Heath, do you do you just feel bad because effectively it's it they're they're they just want to have a nice time and a nice and time on your terms with the unreasonable terms and expectations. <laughs> That's the problem. They're coming out with unreasonable expectations. I mean, it's probably not yours to answer with that, Amy, but I mean, do you think that's fair? We're seeing that these are possibly that we're that the expectations are just outstripping reality entirely. Yeah, we, we um, I, I think that that is the case. And um, I mean, two things that your operators ask us for are how do I deal with aggression? But also, how do I deal with unreasonable demands? Mm. For example, for example, if, if you have a pub with with a, a restaurant, they sit with people, eat all night. There's a little problem with the starters. 
and then they they want a 40% discount off the bill. So you have someone standing in front of you, and in their head, for some reason, they think it's 40% is a totally reasonable request, where any other reasonable person would think that was that was a crazy request. Um, but that that's what people are seeing. I think it's partly people have just some people have, have think that's that's reasonable behaviour and do everything they can to get some money off, and then other people just kind of just react like that but it's it's kind of hard to deal with when you're standing in front of somebody mm. you see it as a very small issue mm. but they're turning it into a 40 percent discount mm. and and he you you say more of that than people yeah. expecting is yeah. that there's, there's an expectation now isn't yeah, there that, but, but, that something small goes wrong i want x off or yeah and yeah. a lot of a lot of big companies as well just basically take stuff off bills you know mm. you just end up in con- it's not, sometimes it's not even worth the fight mm. you know what I mean because then it just you just get caught in you get sucked into a vacuum of this ongoing argument and you're just making the situation worse because you're just fighting with each other mm. so sometimes it's just easier just to take it off the bill and is that something you'd advise Eamon or uh, what, what, what would you say well I, I, I mean I, I would agree a lot of big companies just you know if you have a problem you have you you have chicken that has a vein in it, and someone is really angry because oh, of the chicken yeah. with a vein in it. Chickens have veins in it, um, and uh, but then they just swipe it away. They'll they'll, they'll get you know chicken. So that, so that, that that's a lot of policy um, uh, for for those. And and I mean, I mean if you want to make somebody happy, that's that's what you do. If that's if that's the, the main thing. But a lot of clients and a lot of situations we we deal with, people just cannot do that. For example, in a like city centre bar, for example, um, where some of my family members have worked for a number of years, people just object to the pricing. Mm. You know, you, you've, you've, you've given them a round of drinks and they're kicking off because of the pricing, or they're they're, they're kicking off because they've been they've been served and they think that someone else came in after them. Yeah. Um, now that that might not be the case, but but th- those are situations where you, you you can't just you can't just dr- drop the bill because you know someone ob- objects to the, the price of a round of drink so a lot of the clients we have have to kind of say no mm. um and, and that's where you also get the um get, get the kickback because for example if you if you close the bar at uh, the appropriate time you've given every everybody notice and then somebody's kicking off uh, and getting becoming quite angry about it, you, you can't just open up the bar again and and, uh, and start serving. Yeah. So so they they um so in a lot of situations we're, we're training clients to deal with people where you, you have to give a version of no that that is the only option you've got. So what what is a version of no? What would you say? How how do you say no without escalating that that situation? <laughs> well, well, one element of it is is, um, is uh, what we advise organisations and, and, and what we're trying to train people in is, is and this can be be trained from your operators. They don't necessarily need us. Is is to um, uh, train train people to be uh, to manage themselves. So, for example, if if, you, if if at this moment in time, Ed, if you want to shout at me, you can do it. Mm. You know, it's possible. I can't. I can't stop you doing it. So maybe you have someone in front of you that's looking for the forty percent discount or the the drop in price, and they're kicking off. Well, in in that interaction, the only thing I can manage is is myself. Right. If I if I manage myself well, um, if I manage myself professionally and keep cool, sometimes that that's the only thing you can do. Mm. Now you might have the person going out out the door, slamming the door, um, because you didn't open the bar again, 
and calling you a rude word, but, but that doesn't mean you failed. So I, I would be trying to get across to your operators that when you're dealing with your team and your staff, because someone is disgruntled with you, doesn't mean you failed. If you've held up your end of the bargain, you've made a positive contribution to the conversation by your behavior. You've, as I say, you've kept cool. You, you've you've managed yourself well. You've been you've stayed professional. So, so if you see that in your team and see people doing it, I would encourage the management and, the, and, and operators to actually say that. Well done, mate. That was really good. That was a very difficult situation. Even if the person in that moment um, isn't fully happy. Mm-hmm. In the real world, the, you know, the meaning that the, the, there are situations where people just won't be happy because as I say they you have to close the bar and they're, they're, they're angry about it um, so that that, that would be, be goal number one for, for me to operate speak to staff bring up the resilience and the confidence by saying good job well done because sometimes that that is your starting point mm. managing your own behaviour mm. after that we'll do other things but that would be my starting point I mean Heath do you how do you handle this do you, do you step in uh, yeah. do you let or do you let your staff do you empower it your de- staff de- to deal with it yeah it depends you... what, where the situation's at we, we had a guy at the other night at a table and he was complaining about noise from another table mm. so he's complained twice and into the nearly one of the sea someone in charge so mm. I get there and he just starts laying into me and I'm just like you know, hard to believe, but I'm super cheap. And I'm like, okay. And I said, and he goes, well, when I made the booking, I asked for a quiet table. And I go, well, I know that would, that conversation, I know how that would go. Because we, we always say we don't have quiet tables because mm-hmm. we're busy. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, I asked to be away from large groups. Now I know he's lying. So I'm going, okay. Um, but this wasn't your original table. Your wife asked to sit here. Mm-hmm. You're around the other side. And then it, we had a quieter table. Yeah, right? you would have been on a quiet table. So, you know, I mean, I always find it depends where it's at. Like, you know, I've had guys threaten to, to give me hidings and stuff, and I always say, "Well, hit me, and I'll do you for assault." Mm. And then they, they sort of go, "You've obviously." I had one guy; he was a, la- a large guy, and I said, "You can hit me." He goes, "I'm going to beat you up or something." I said, oh, well, "Do it then. It's going to look really good in court, isn't it? You're six five, and I'm five seven. <laughs> And really? you, you've probably got a, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> and you've probably got a really good job, but you're going to get done for assault now. Yeah. So it's up to you, mate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But it's just sometimes you just got to give them the reality of what's going on around them. Yeah, I mean a lot of it's verbal, isn't it? A lot of it's, yeah. it's rare that it gets. I mean, do you? I mean, Amy, what, what's your your view on that? Is it, does does violence ever really come into it, or is it is it mostly just people letting rip? Well, well, yeah, I I, I think. Um, all your operators. I mean, the, the mundane stuff is that if, you, if you're running an establishment, you, you need to risk assess it. So you so you make sure that any situation that, that happens, uh, or if there's a regular situation like you, you're talking about there, that you risk assess and try to minimise that as much as possible, and usually have a keep your written risk assessment somehow uh, somewhere just in case there is a uh, you know there ever is an incident that that you have to reduce it. Um, look at pinch points in the business. So, for example, if it is people that crowding around the bar, you know, with nine o'clock in the evening, how can we reduce that somehow? Because if we take away the opportunities where people get conflict um, or feel in a conflict situation, well, well then you, 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 will, you will get less conflict. Um, but it's actually well, what you're saying there. You, you, you get, um, you, you, you will have people that who, who have just, you know, they're, they're they lie to you. They tell you they have a, a um, they, they request a table away from all groups, and and you know that that's maybe not technically possible. But uh, um, 
But yes, yeah, so so, it, it, so that's the first element. The the, the second second element would be in, in terms of tra- um, what you could ta- you could say to staff. And on the theme of managing your behaviour, we um, everything in conflict comes down to force. Force is the application, um, or conflict is the application of force. So we're we're we're, we're trying to train staff, and you can all your operators can talk to your staff about not becoming forceful. I mean, we all tend to become a little bit forceful. You know, we're trying to get kids out in the morning or, well, me, not anymore. But, you know, it's 10 to 9 and they're not putting the shoes on and we're under pressure and we can raise our voice. Mm. So that's becoming a touch a touch for, forceful. So so you can speak to your, your teams about um, just, you know, not, raise, not raising their voice. If they don't raise their voice, then their arms don't come up. The body language doesn't yeah. change. Yeah. We don't talk over people. We don't speed up. All of that goes back to me being really careful during that conversation that I don't, I don't become forceful. Now, that's not to say you can't stay with what's just been said, point out this, you know, there's cameras here. You don't really want to do this. You'll end up in court. I don't want to end up in court. I'm sure you don't want to end up in court. Let's, let's not do this. Let's be sensible about it. And, but no matter what happens, I am not going to exacerbate the situation by me becoming forceful mm. with the with the with the individual security maybe they have to but that's not the role that the staff should be doing it's keeping yeah. it all nice and calm and relaxed absolutely well i mean we're, we're running out of time but i mean i mean that we could talk about this in great depth uh, in detail but uh, we are out of time but thank you very much for that You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Nikki Thatcher, and Heath Ball. We're talking about customer's behavior and how that is changing. But if customer behavior is changing, surely we have to consider the operator's behavior as well. Are we as operators getting more grumpy? I've no idea why I'm looking at you, Heath. It's, uh, I'm just a reflection of society, Edward. <laughs> That's one word for it. To help us with this, I'm delighted to welcome top food critic and man who spends a fair amount of time eating out and about and knows his stuff, Giles Corrin. Hi, Giles. thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, I mean, Giles, you, I mean, you're out, you, you see things, restaurants, pubs, things like that. I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, we're talking about customer behaviour, but have you seen any changes to the behaviour of the people running the, the establishments? Um, it's a, it's just a fascinating question. It has it has. There is no question the experience of being out in pubs and restaurants. And I am mostly in pubs because I've got small children, and mm. you know, and that's that the easiest place to eat with kids is. And there we go. That's already a behavioural thing, an mm. entitlement that I have as a customer. With you know, post lockdown, we you know, you, I will bring my kids to the pub no matter what. I'll bring my kids to a restaurant no matter what. Uh, and I, I I have noticed big differences. I wouldn't lay. I wouldn't want to lay anything on establishments particularly. Mm. A, a difference is, I, I think, as a, as a restaurant critic, and this is obviously writing mm. a lot about pubs, in lockdown, there was a change. There was a notion, we're not going to say mean things that we are anymore. We're going to try and be much more. We're all part, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I, as a critic, wanted to say to customers... And to, you know, you are. In, you, it is not a. It is not one-way traffic anymore. These people are struggling to make ends meet. There's inflation of every kind. You will start to. You know, if they, they, there was eat out to help out, which changed the dynamic yeah. of going into the pub to have a drink with a scotch egg or whatever the rule was at any one time. And you're partly you're helping these people, but of course you always were because the customer always was. Mm. What the reason that you guys like Heath were were able to make a living, um, and. 
we didn't used to expect them to be grateful uh, because you know it was it was their pub they could toss you out for whatever reason not reason it, we now expect something slightly different I think mm. I think it, it sort of changed punters start to feel we're doing stuff for you right okay yeah. you, yeah. you yeah. should you know 100%. you should treat us even better we always wanted to be treated well a prime example is the is the business of um, the deposit when you book so yeah. a different behavioural change you could say is that restaurants and indeed pubs food pubs mm. not here actually I don't know because I always put no, on Instagram it. with Heath uh, yeah. and he does it but We'll, we'll charge it and a lot of people complain to me oh I booked to my local Ponzi pub and they want they want a deposit now they want to take 25 yeah. quid ahead yeah. now at the other end I was only today a local pub of mine uh, in the Cotswolds where I lived mm. half the time was complaining they'd had three no-shows in a small 40 cover pub which basically that, that they didn't break even for the weekend that ruined yeah. them for the weekend people do, so you can look at it from one way people aren't showing after lockdown yeah. people are sort of people are so crazy to get out yeah. that they're not obeying the rules they used to and they're booking lots of different places because mm. for two years they couldn't yeah, yeah. and then they're not showing but on, as a behavioural point of view you could look at it as a complaint uh, against the houses that are, that, are, that are demanding people pay up front but they have to don't they it's, it's a fair point actually you, you make a good point without sort of you know that there's an expectation of of customers thinking you should be grateful for this so, definitely I mean are you grateful for your customers yeah but we have been grateful but it's I think they really want us to be grateful it's like the ones that leave notes it's my birthday this weekend mm. it's like a threat it's like a veiled threat oh my god we've got to make sure it's really good they want something and it's it's you know, we don't take deposits because I, I, I just think that's a, you know, we're lucky we're busy. But also, I've, you know, mates have got restaurants and they're just getting shit kicked out of them all the time by people who want their deposit back. Yeah. It's just... It's, well, they're also, whether or not it's the same, the, the rise of TripAdvisor, yeah. which has happened mm. and, you know, it, it was obviously there before lockdown, but it's been exponential the last four or five years. It's happened at the same time. But punters, I know, feel they have this power. Well, they weaponise it. They will go on and leave, won't they? They'll go on and leave, but for no for things mm. that were not for things that are not acceptable complaints. Yeah. Um, one of the ones you trip, trip advice will quite often be, you know, I, I arrived for lunch Sunday lunch at half past two, and the sea bass was off. And you go, how many fucking fish do you expect these people to buy? <laughs> uh, you know, surely this is we, you should understand this is a good thing. It means they have a finite amount of it. That said, if the sea bass is ever off when I come in, <laughs> you know. But there's, there, there, there can be there can be a thing where people people are behaving badly. People were locked up. You get it. With musical theatre we're seeing mm, this story yeah. people are going to the theatre having a few drinks and singing, singing along and then yeah. being thrown out and you think well, you've gone to it's mamma mia you know and yeah. yet you're throwing it's high art high art yeah, exactly. so, yeah, yeah. But, yes but there's a sort of thing well, fuck I'm out of the house I'm in a, you know, I'm in a pub I'm going to just need to go wild off and run around and you know and the behavioural things are difficult there's you know you can't smoke inside you go outside for a smoke but some places you are and aren't allowed to so everywhere goes outside and there's rope roped off yeah. bits mm. people stray outside it and then the, the, the you know the barman will come out and say you can't stray don't tell me where I can yeah. smoke but then they'll lose their license and there's this great circularity of things yeah yeah it is interesting I think that you're right there's, there's impositions have been Covid has left legacies you know like yeah. the bookings like the kind of thing but it's, it's a it, it's a push and pull as well isn't it I mean there's consumer behaviours have prompted the booking I mean the booking fee as you, as you said that's because consumers are no-showing. Uh, and Partly it might be, because it's, it, that is the thing that's a huge thing to me, and I've had it with pubs, 
almost so many places the Bull and Last just down the road I remember going in there was a table for 12 that had booked and they hadn't shown I think now they do take money up front and you're sort of thinking my god you could have just phoned but bear in mind that now almost so many places use booking sites that you've depersonalised it so if you phone and you speak to someone and say I'm going to be in about one and they go well we're quite busy at one could you come at 12.30 it'd be easy for the kitchen great can I have a table by the window yeah lovely blah 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 do you think you'll have the chicken wings on and then you book you're probably going to show when you go on to resi.com and and just go blip 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 that's been depersonalised maybe that's why they're not showing Mm -hmm. but I think that's a a big issue because we should be aware now that margins are quite narrow and Mm -hmm. a place that books itself up Red Line of Sun is a big pub and I'm sure you can cope with the odd ones small ones the small number of covers they can be ruined by no-shows and people should understand yeah absolutely I mean Heath have you have you looked at that you know ah, when you have no-shows are they people who've booked on the phone oh, or I, booked I'm, online I'm or? brutal I just block them like, there's no prisoners here like you don't show once we, the system that we use most of them are, they, to be honest they're all people who've booked online yeah and so they yeah, yeah it's always that but we, our facility lets us block them from ever booking again and we write we keep detailed notes on everybody and when they ring up the gate, they go oh, I'm trying to book online and we tell them why they can't book Mm. They're like, oh my god, I'm really sorry, you know. But you've got it. I think. And then do you relent? Do you feel bad once they've spoken to them? Yeah, if they apologise, do you know what I mean? We just can't afford no shows, mm. you know. Well, they'll book multiple tables under different names because they want big groups of friends, and then they'll forget to cancel. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, you were talking about a, a bad experience when your staff you know, going to a place and it and it wasn't great. I mean, that, you're experiencing it. Is, are you seeing more? Are you having more bad experience? Because let's face it, you're out and about all the time. You, rarely work um, yeah, well, I sort of pick and choose where I'm going to go and eat you know what I mean I'm not, mm. I'm not just jumping in places I read about them I see what's going on who the operator is but yeah I don't, like you know, most places I've been lately have been really good yeah. you know, I'm not going to shit though but I guess the staffing situation doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, we, we, we talk a lot in the industry, you know, people are struggling you know, with chefs, less so with front of house, but, but it does have an impact. You, you say, I mean, obviously, because the, the, there aren't there isn't quite the training that's required for front of house, mm. but there is a shortage with front of house, and obviously there is also, I mean, with, from, from looking at it sympathetically from the, from the industry point of view, staff inflation, mm. wages inflation has yeah. so, been so rapid that the, you, you, you do have places which have to simply hire some one person fewer because you yeah. don't miraculously yeah. have the prices aren't going up. Mm. Either your food prices go up at the speed, and like the, everyone, we're all noticing yeah. the cost of food and drink now is just mm. suddenly, you know, everything has just gone up exponentially. Yeah. Um, so you either, you either put those prices up and keep paying your staff the, the amount of money, or you s- s- drop an, a member of the staff. Mm. So then you have these young people that people have come new to the industry after lockdown, and we all know that they all kind of went away for a mm. bit in, in lockdown, and there's Brexit as well. And so you, not only are they new to the industry, the way, I'm just thinking about the behavioural change with them, mm. but they're having to do eight tables where they previously were doing six or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, they, they have to do more work than they did have to do. And, yeah, I sort of sometimes notice the sort of fall away of staff competency. I think I have... Probably notice that, but then there are typical point of view. You don't want to complain because they're lucky to have any staff at all. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the worst experience you've had lately? Would you say? Oh, I don't know. I, I, red line or something. No, <laughs> chicken wings at the red line. <laughs> red line sun is is always fine because they. But, but it's, it's all We're like because mate, your expectations are so low. <laughs> it's never like here he comes again, quick. <laughs> um, God, have I had anything? I probably haven't had any. I, I haven't had anything really, really terrible from places. Um, I'd have to have thought about it for longer. There are one or two places where I've had to sort of wait a very long time. I mean, no. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think the industry's doing, doing incredibly well. And from the, the, the position that I'm in, I wouldn't want to. Uh, 
I, would do, I do feel that that, that, that dynamic, has, that parallelation has changed. Mm. Uh, and mm. I wouldn't want to damn anywhere particularly by... Mm. Um, if I'd had more time to think, I'd have thought was terrible. <laughs> well, look, it depends what you mean by terrible. Mm. There is a degree to which, and it's a change, it's not a behavioural change, but it is, is this price thing. Um, because I've always, I've, for 25 years, I've had... Rupert Murdoch to, I mean, he's just retired. Fuck knows what that's going to be. Good. This could be the end of the world. This free, I assume it's a free place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it could last for a long time. But um, no, but I've had his backup, but I've been writing now more and more. I, I went to a new restaurant uh, on a uh, wonderful place called 64 Gooch Street on. Uh, on, on oh, Funnily enough, it's at 64 Goose Street in North West London. <laughs> Wonderful little group that had the quality chop house in, uh, in Farringdon, and they had Portland, they had Clipson. They're amazing. I went with my wife and two friends. Uh, it, w- it, was, it was a great meal. It was like a little French bistro. It was, but it was very good, but it was quiet and intimate. Now, we each, we had some little hors d'oeuvres that came. Then we had a starter each, a main. We did have pudding. I had a half, a carafe, a 375 carafe of Pinot, Pinot Blanc Chardonnay, nice, and one bottle of Bourgogne Pinot Noir, and a 50-quid bottle. We had that meal. The bill came for four of us. It was five hundred and twenty-one pounds, right? Jesus! And and it was a bistro near yeah. Goose Street mm. Tube Station. It was a very, very, very fucking good bistro. I mean, the food was delicious. It was better than most places you walk into. But I was expecting. And bear in mind that I am used to expensive restaurants. My my special talent. I mean, special talent. I I could always like a bit like sort of a mind reader. Okay, cover my hand. How much is the bill? And I would go like two hundred and eleven pounds seventy-one. I'd basically be right. This time I was getting three seven five, three eighty, right, something okay. like that. Under a hundred quid a head, surely. Even though three courses plus nibbles, we'd had a, we'd had a drink each to start. Negroni, fourteen quid plus service. We live in the world of the sixteen quid Negroni. Now it's just. And I, I was writing about it this week. I I've reached a stage where I could no longer do this. I could no longer eat out as much as I want if I weren't a restaurant critic. I used to bill the paper, all four of us, because it came to about 250 275 yeah. they can pay that. But now, if I want to eat with friends, I pay for my friends. It's so bad that I'm feeling sorry for Rupert Murdoch. I will pay for this meal because Rupert can't. <laughs> and I think that is a massive change. And I think that would lead to a kind of defensive... I, I used to cash tip on top of the service charge. I've noticed service charges creeping up. 15 to 15. Some places, gets yeah. up to 15. Mm. But you're seeing weird ones, 13 and a half, 14, because mm. they don't dare put 15. Because yeah. it you know, yeah. uh, and then once I used to particularly make basically well they'll know here when my kids really make a fucking mess I used to drop 20 quid on top of the thing because you, you feel bad because you've created extra work but I used to cash tip when you've done 521 pounds 85 I think it was for four mm. on a Tuesday night and Jesus you know um, that's punchy though and that's a, that, that's, a, that's a huge change and maybe you're going to have a situation behaviourally and you can look at it as a mm. post-lockdown thing where people are paying that amount of money that they develop a sort of entitled attitude someone goes to Eton and they have that amount of money spent on their education they develop an entitled <laughs> and then they fuck the country when they get to be Prime Minister <laughs> there is a Love certain it. point you go to McDonald's and drop seven quid you don't yeah. you know, fine fuck it yeah. you don't care you know uh, so that's a, that's a, that's a huge... And like, that's the thing that people talk about a lot. I guess I say, oh, that, that bill shock as well. I mean, you're right. It, it, it creates... Well, the guy was talking about it earlier, wasn't it? The, the conflict guy saying, you know, people are... They're going out less. So when they go out, their expectation... They, it's a bigger event. So it's a bigger night. So automatically they're going out and their expectation is it's going to be great. One of the other guests was talking about things that happen before you get to the oh, you, know, yeah. you trip oh, over yeah. the cat on the way out or you can't find a car ding park. the car in the car you can't find a car parking space all these things kind of build into that so yeah you're right I guess that the, with the cost cream that's just another pressure on, the, on, on that whole thing yes absolutely um, 
I think if you, I've always sort of, I've always been able to afford eating out, and I've always partly, and I've partly had the backup of, and because I write about food, I, I don't pay tax on food and beverages so that it brings the cost of it down a little bit so I've tended to not really look and my attitude has always been have whatever you want I'm dimly aware that people go into a restaurant knowing I better not have the lobster I better not have the Dover sole I better not have the oysters whatever but mm. there is I used to see sometimes you go into it and there'd be the caviar I think yeah, you're not getting 200 quid just to open a tin but <laughs> and I, now I, I think there was this I, I I had these olives. I, they, I, they, I had a, they gave me a, a white Negroni, which had an olive in it. Maybe fancy an olive. This is it. This place, Gooch Street. So I said, well, and I looked, can I get some olives? And, and he pointed to the menu, and there was indeed a, an hors d'oeuvre. Olives, artichoke, red pepper, I'll have that. Didn't look at the price. It came, four nice big fat olives, a couple of slivers of artichoke, red pepper. Looked on the bill, six fifty. Right. <laughs> Put service on, that's eight quid. That's two quid an olive. Uh, and if, I suppose, you know... If I'd looked at the price before, six pound fifty, it arrives. Mm, yeah. Four fucking olives, you know. <laughs> yeah. two pounds, shall I? This is the price of a Big Mac. Do you think I can get this many bites out of them? Actually, I don't know. Yeah, you don't eat out with my wife. That's the first thing. Just look at the price. <laughs> <laughs> going, oh, no, we can't. Like you could, people who've looked before, you could kick off. You? Yeah, mm. absolutely. People do that. Absolutely. I mean, do you, he, for you, uh, of course, we're, we're almost out of time. But are you, are you finding out that that? Bill sort of shock or yes, but it's I mean, like trying it trying it trying to have you know I try to do the nice dishes but I, I don't work on crazy margins like mm. I'm not working on 80% GP like whatever I think my GP comes in at 65 because I want to do lemon sole I want to do turbot I want to do nice fishes and I want to be busy so I think we're quite lucky because people sort of get it and we realise but they do freak out when you go it's 19 quid for a burger mm-hmm. you're like well do people kick off about it about the yeah, price yeah they do they, they, they groan they sort of do like slide comments one lady rang up and said, we're coming there, but it'd be nice if you had some cheaper menu options. Like, well, like... It, it, but it's, it's, it's... I've tried to do it. I did, I did a review the other day, and I just went and had a, went to a, a Chinese... It's a nice northern Chinese place and just had a, a really good bowl of, you know, hand-pulled noodle soup right. for 13 mm. quid and said, there's lunch for 13 quid, but it's, it's just a bowl of soup. The burger is a specific thing. Mm. That it, you just mm. accept it's 19 quid, the burger, in a restaurant, but it's... Mm. It's like a sort of madness. It, it is madness. Well, I, I mean, I remember we were doing an event sort of early on when I, when I joined the MA and I had uh, Butcher sort of on to talk about sort of meat and things and he kind of said, you know, I never thought I'd see the day when it was a uh, £12 burger. Mm. <laughs> that was... Well, five, but six I years never ago. thought I'd see the day when uh, when twenty marble reds would be more than one pound thirty five or a pound of John Cleese <laughs> <laughs> for a quid. So you know things do move. But, uh, but yeah, burgers like it's. But even Shake Shack and brands like that, they're expensive for burgers. Mm. Oh, five Guys, all these places. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my 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 son Friday night is burger night, and I mean every day is fucking burger yeah. day with him. We come here and have a burger, and then it's <laughs> but burger night, Friday night delivery, Five Guys, the the, the standard burger and fries. Uh, and it's about seventeen pounds. It comes. That's yeah. a that's a fast food burger arriving yeah. on a moped yeah. from my stupid son. And it's, it's bang bang near your nineteen quid. Frankly. Yeah, exactly. I oh, mean, if you're not delivering burgers, no, we no. do take on a away. moped. Do that's how I got into this shit all this because he was doing food in lockdown. And you can get in here. <laughs> And he's hooked you in, and that's it. There's, uh, there's no escape. It's, gotcha. it's, it's those CCTV images that he's blackmailing you with, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, uh, we are out of time, Giles, but thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this episode, our first episode back part of our fourth season how do we get to four years is this four years is that how it works or is it yeah I I suppose it's yeah it's sort of every year isn't it I mean we yeah because didn't it start in lockdown Mm. oh shit so yeah we'll trip over to 24 yeah this will be 
I think it's great. Uh, who's, who's sponsoring this one? Uh, Rotor Cloud. Oh, okay. so there you go. Okay. Uh, right. okay. Um, it is great to be back on air. I, I think we've learnt a lot in this episode, Heath. I have actually decided I've, I've come up with a theme tune which we can introduce you with. So, what, what do you think to this? <laughs> What's that from? I, I just made it up. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just, I was yeah. supposed to some cultural reference of the 1970s or something. Some, some kind of porn, Do you like uh, it? Porn reference. Uh, it's all right. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can try this one. Yeah, it's a bit like countdown or something like that, isn't it? it? Is a little bit countdown. Yeah. Okay. We've invested in sound effects. That's so. great. How we've moved up in the world. Uh, um, I think you need to step away from the sound effects. I need to step away now. from the sound effects. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did we learn? Oh, just basically everything's expensive and people are horrible. <laughs> it's not like you to be, um, you Positive. know, so, Sorry. so optimistic. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I think it's, it's not going to get any, customers aren't going to get any easier as, they, as their, their, their wallets squeeze or their purse or whatever. Um, especially, I think, coming, like I said before, we're coming out, we're going to come into winter. You, you imagine what it's going to be like on a Monday night when it's eight degrees Eight. Well, everyone That's will joke. be coming in to warm themselves at the pump. Well, you'd like to think that, but I think well, they're just going to be. You know, I mean, people are choosing. We, we've seen the decline of vegetarian and vegan food sales in the pubs mm. because I think you know before people would go out quite a bit. They go, okay, tonight I'll just be, you know, I'll just have some vegan food, and then you know, they'll mix up the week because they're eating out a lot. But I see we've seen a decline. People aren't eating. They want to come out. Steak sales have gone up. Like you know. Lobsters, you know, things we do like that. Pre-orders, we had a table order pre-order. Maybe that's affecting behaviour then, that people coming out, they yeah. were coming out and eating the vegan stuff and then they were hungry, so they got angry. <laughs> and, um, like that, 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 yeah, but that, I think that's what, they, you know what I mean? I think people are coming up for special occasions and they want it, to, that's why we like those notes. It's my birthday, it's my anniversary. You know, and we're just like, now I'm just like, just whenever they say it's something special, within reason, give them a glass of bubbles. Mm. Because it just, it, like, honestly, they want it to be special. They want it to be, so I'm dealing with expectations and they want it to feel personal don't they so by, by doing that it makes them like you say feel a bit special I, but I had a good good, good, good one the other day I gave this guy a couple a nice couple of glasses of champagne and they ended up doing like 350 quid because <laughs> they enjoyed them you know they were yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. loosened them up a bit and they're like oh let's go for it so you know for the sake of a couple of quid but um, I mean you were talking earlier off there about um, you know empowering your staff they can they can make concessions to customers yeah. But you've actually got a fund for that. So I mean, do you track that? How much? How much does that cost? I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't run it lately. But it's no. That's sort of that one's like customer complaints. We have one for customer complaints, and we have one for comps, which are uh, customer comps, mm. like what we've comped to who. And then I have my own tab, obviously, because you know, I get a bit loose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I we. I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I'll go and have a look what we've done. Like it, you know, I mean, I can track it over the time. But mm. you know, it, it's. Mm. You know, at least you know. But the, the ones that get me are the ones you send the dish back, you refire it, you give them a new one, and then they still don't want to pay. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're two dishes out of pocket. Yeah. Do you know, especially when it's an expensive item like a steak. Would you not turn around and say, "Well, you've got to pay"? Just, it's, you it's just theft, up, otherwise. It's, I know, but you just end up in this. You know what I mean? Like you can. You know, it's just easy. We just maybe you should establish ground rules, saying we will take this back and we will give you a new meal if you are willing to pay for it. Okay. If you're going to turn around and say, "I'm not paying for it." I'm not making you another one. Yeah, but then what if they say, "Yeah, I'll pay for it," and you do it, and then they're not going to pay. They don't pay for it anyway. Well, but you know, rude, like, but we, you know, what they, I think what people, they, I think 
we, I always say this myself, they think we're stupid, yeah. right? So we know exactly, I know, but we know exactly what's going on on all tables all night. That's why I can write responses to customers because I know exactly what's going on on the floor. You study that CCTV. Yeah, but I know what's exactly going on. So when people say this, this, and this, we know that. So when they go, oh yeah, and they try to get back in, we go, no, you, you're not welcome here anymore. Mm. Like, we don't have a table for you because we know you're a serial complainer. Mm. You complain, we've got one lady who every time she comes, well, she used to come, she complained about something to get it taken off the bill. And then after the third time, they're like, listen, this is, you, we're not the place for you. Yeah. Like, just, just don't come here anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. So we, you know, we do keep detailed notes and stuff, but they think we don't. How, how do they react, though? I mean, when they try and come back and you say, nah, sorry. They get a bit freaked out. Like, they don't, a lot of them like, are surprised that we know or remember. Mm. They just weird one the other night, and I, I blocked the lady. I said, no more bookings on this lady. I wrote to myself, I said, don't want this person having a table here. Because her husband, they came in, husband kicked off, complained about the menu, said it wasn't to his liking, get, went home, gave us a one-star review, and then they're trying to book a table for 12 people for dinner. I'm like, there's no table for these people. Do you even look at the menu before? <laughs> yeah, they just... They, uh, the so guy, they didn't know. like the food, but they're coming back with 12 yeah. guy, I had a guy the other way. extra business. I had a guy <laughs> kick off, proper kick off about the menu. There was nothing on there that he could eat because he's got all these dietary restrictions. Don't like that, don't like that, don't like that. And kick off. And, he's, and I was trying to talk to him and he wouldn't let me speak. And he was just yelling at me. I was like, all right. So we went and sat down they ordered food and he ordered all the food that he said he couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And I saw him eating it. And then he's like, then he, he tried to make a booking and my staff said, listen, I'm really sorry. The owner is, um, put a mark next to your name. We need to, need to speak to him. And he goes, well, can I speak to him? I'm like, oh, that's cool. I really didn't like the way he spoke to me. Mm. Oh, I'm really sorry. I was having a bad day, low blood sugar and all that. I said, yeah, but I don't like it. And mm. I don't have to put up with that in my place. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm really sorry. So I'll let him back in. But now he knows the rules. Mm. You're like a twat, you're not welcome. Um, what's the worst customer experience that you can tell us about? Worst story? It depends. Like, there's, there's, there's quite a lot. Um, <laughs> you surprised. There's, there's a lady who bit me. That was a good one. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I refused. This couple turned up, and she was obviously on something, and I refused service for them. And then she flipped out and then started hitting me, and I was just deflecting the blows. And it was in the middle of the pub, and I was just deflecting it, deflecting it. And then she punched me proper hard, and then I re- restrained her because she was just going at me and I restrained her mm. boyfriend pissed off he ran off down the road and I restrained her and then she leaned in and I was on the my guys are on the phone to the police and she started biting me like and she was breaking skin so I was like what am I going to do in this situation and the police said you can use reasonable force so I use reasonable force so you killed her no, I just I just I just I use reasonable, use reasonable force I use reasonable force to get her nobody off nobody ever but, finds the bodies but you know you do you know it's quite hard because yeah. but you, you have people I have a lady who said um, tried to sue me said that she came in on Christmas day one year and she had the turkey and it wasn't cooked and she got violently ill and she wanted me to pay for the holiday that she had to cancel and yada 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 and EHO rang me up and I was having a conversation he says no, Miss Walter, just don't speak she said to me she rang EHO and she said um well, uh, turkey came and it wasn't cooked properly. And he said, "Why did you eat it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "That's all they did." And it, it wasn't. You know what I mean? It's a table of She's just having it on. Yeah, so yeah, you get people yeah. who try it on. Yeah. You know, and we see that like that tweet I sent you the other day. Like people are trying it on to get free shit, especially yeah. cost living classes. What can they get for free? So have you seen a rise in that? Then people wanting free stuff. Yeah. People people try it on, compl- make complaints about stuff, or do you know you like. You have to be careful because you get a reputation for giving free stuff mm. away, don't you? And then it becomes a self-fulfilling kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, but then we, we just make, then we're just like, you know, we know who's chancing it and stuff. Yeah. But we, we sort of, you know, the thing is, we know what we're doing. Yeah. So we know how to handle it. We know where we can push and we know what we can do. And like, you know, we're the guy who sent the steak back. It was, it was overseas. So I said to the chef, 
don't season it, he can season it at the table. Kicked off because it wasn't seasoned. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I said to him, we haven't seasoned it on purpose. Yeah. Like, this is for you to season. Right. Oh, you should know how to season steak. And it's just like, man, this is the point. We, we seasoned it perfectly because I tried it when it went back and it was, it was beautifully cooked and it was seasoned well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he just didn't want to pay for a steak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but we just, you know, we just don't let them back in. I see the ones who try to come back in that are blocked and they see me still here and they freak out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, with this lady, lady called Gail, oh, Gail. Yeah, don't, no names. Oh, um, God. And she used to come in every Sunday and she'd kick off about her roast potatoes not being crispy. And I worked out what she wanted. She just wanted deep fry for potatoes. So I'd just go and deep fry them. And every week, every week she complained and every week. And then I just, I lost my shit. I said, don't fucking come back. <laughs> I don't need you here. You're stressing me out. I'm already bored. I don't need to fucking leave my eyelashes. <laughs> just leave. So, you know, but you've got to know what to push. But I think if you, if you know what's going on and you, you trust your servers and your people who work for you, you, you know, you know, we have conversations. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, you've just got to have, you've got to debrief and stuff. But, yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, that is it for this episode. Um, we will be back next time with a special live recording of the podcast from the uh, restaurant show. Heath is looking forward to that. God. Uh, impressively, he's having to come back off holiday specifically. I uh, just got back from Paris and before I go to Portugal. Amazing. Brilliant. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there then? Probably get uh, arrested in Paris. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> you, guys, um, you guys got the bail though, yeah? We're not going to FaceTime you from Paris prison. We'll, we'll just get them on the screen in the background <laughs> with these little prison sort of stripes. Yeah. And, uh, Between the bars. I'm going, I'm going to the horse races, so they might think I'm a jockey. Well, you are the right, the right <laughs> sort of height, yes. Yeah, I might be carrying yeah, a bit yeah, of weight. Not sure out the same out. weight, though, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is it uh, until we are back next time please do share comment etc tell all your friends your mum and that man that keeps coming into the pub just so we can complain about the toilets we will be back you with, with, me, with more pub related fun and games in a couple of weeks 